All right, so we're going to get started here. You have uh, three presenters. I'm going to come in toward the tail end, and we're going to talk about coaches dealing with parents. <laughs> um, but we have an uh, international team member from Canada, Mr. Alex Melnick. We have from the United States, the queen of Barebow and leader of the women, Fawn Gerard. And then we have multi-time national team member and the guy that I hang out with way too much, Mr. John Demmer. John's going to start us off first um, talking about some of, like, you know, actually, here, you, you have at it. We, we, we are, we'll get into the other subjects. Um, Fawn's going to talk about managing expectations. Alex's going to talk about some mental game um, prep. And John is going to talk about his topic. And I'm going to let you start hanging, go right into it. All right, so I'm going to start off saying this is going to be awful. But hopefully you get something out of it. Um, I was just going to do like prepping for a season and, and how to train or how I train anyway um, because I do take long layoffs. Um, there, there'll be times when it comes fishing season, man, fishing, hunting, and I'm done with archery for months at a time. And then something like this comes up. It's the first indoor uh, tournament for me. I don't shoot a lot of local stuff leading up into this. I try to, but it usually just doesn't work out. So I prep in a way that's a lot different than some of the others. Um, so I go through a couple different phases. I don't even bother with like tuning or anything for like the first month. So I'll just go into like, you know, going to the range a couple times a week, start working on reps. And I'll start out going, you know, maybe once, twice a week to start out, start out slow, like 30, 40 arrows. Um, I started that out in like December, like December 1st, knowing that, you know, mid January is going to be Lancaster Classic. And my goal is, by the time I'm at the Classic, I can sh sit there and shoot 400 arrows a day and not even like break a sweat. Like today, I probably shot like 400 arrows. No problem, form not breaking down at all. So, the way I lead up into it, um, like December, I'm working in like maybe, maybe 100 arrows a week, the first week, second week, I lead into 200. Um, still not even working on tuning, just building up that strength, just working that strength the third, fourth week, I started incorporating some exercise. And it's just stupid stuff like, you know, do some squats, do, do core exercises. Um, Alex is pretty good on this stuff. He's former bodybuilder. So if you ever have any more like different, different life, I don't know, you still look pretty fit, dude. <laughs> but like, it's important to work on the core and work on the legs because um, you want that stable uh, foundation. So if like you do like burpees and stuff. But anyway, back into like the arrow count and I know some people, they practice and preach less arrows, more important arrows. But for me, less arrows working into this tournament, it, it just doesn't work. I'll get super tired. Like 60 arrows under tournament stress isn't an easy task. Like to be mentally engaged and physically engaged. And if your physical is breaking down, your, your mental game is going to break down just as fast. And that's probably stuff like Alex is going to get into. Like, mental management and stuff like that. Um, so I'm going to lead into like the physical management for you know getting into shooting shape. Um, so after I get into like the first first stage of just like breaking in like 30 to 100 arrows, the next week I'll break into like 200 arrows. And then like by the, oh sorry, I thought you had a, I thought you had a question. Sorry. 
I'm just looking for questions. How many days per week? So in the beginning, like the first one is only going to be like, very good. So if the, the first week, it's only like twice a week, just a break in slow. Like, just like anything else you do in life, like you don't go full bore right away, you start risking injury. Um, so the first week is like, you know, one to two times and like doing like 30 arrows, 60 arrows set, and that's it. Then the second week you build it up. And by the time I get to the third or fourth, that's when I'm starting to get into like, okay, I'm doing 100 arrow days, 150 arrow days. That's when I start working into my tune. Like right now, I'm just working on my strength. Oh like shit, somebody do right a live Right now, feed. my goal is to shoot 38 pounds for Lancaster because that's what I like. That's what comes off the fingers. It's the lowest poundage I can shoot and still come off the fingers clean. So that's my goal. Now, whatever your goal is, that's what you got to figure out what comes off your fingers clean and how to manage that. So mine's 38 pounds. So the first three weeks, I'm trying to work on up getting up to 30, 38 pounds. Now, I know my form is going to be absolute crap. So I know I'm not going to work on tuning, none of that. I'm working on like pre-mental management. I will work on aim, pull back, and make some good shots. I don't care where they hit. My tune's gonna be crap, I'm not worried about it. My tuning goes into three phases if I were to tune right off the bat. I can tune a good tune under crap form. That's gonna work good for the first three, four weeks. And then once my form starts honing in, I have to retune because that crap tune that worked under bad form isn't gonna work under good form. It's not gonna work when fingers are working really well. So the first three, four weeks, I'm working on building up the strength. And that was working, that was pushing like beginning of uh, January. Um, you know, after the holidays, January 3rd rolled around and that's when I start, really start hard training. I will still work in the arrow count two, three days a week, but now I'll start tuning. What's up, buddy? Five, Five. minutes? Okay. So we're, <laughs> shouldn't be saying that out loud, but whatever. Um, but that's when I am start working on my tune and for the next, three, two, three weeks, I'm working on, okay, I've already peaked uh, physically. I'm on my physical form. Now I'm work I worked on my tune. I got the tune down in the first week or so. And now I'm maintaining arrow count to work towards this shoe. And so January, yes? Last week. Questions at the answer. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> How many days did you shoot last week and what was an average? So I, I extremely, I extremely load up right before Lancaster because I know I'm not going to shoot that much while I'm here. Not many days in a row. So last week I shot four days. Two weeks ago. Two weeks I shot four days. Last week I shot six days. I took one day off. Um, it's a solid at least 100 arrows. If I'm feeling good and my tune was good, I'm done at about 100 arrows a session. But this past week I was at like 150 because I was working on stuff to fine tune my form. Like, I shot a score, score was good. After I got done with my score, I reassessed what was wrong with my form. Um, most of the time, it's transitioning from aim to release, and that's where my fingers get a little, little glitchy. And so, the end of my practice session, I start working on aim, and then just totally focus on uh, nice, clean fingers. And that's what I do here. After my round today, I went to the practice bales, and I just shot arrows, aiming, and focusing on this. So the first 60 to 100 arrows are for score. The last 50 to 75 is for just uh, form tuning. Sometimes when we go in cycles through the year, you can get finger pain or elbow pain, or do you have any pain last week? I have no pain, okay. no pain. And I, I, I uh, attribute that to slowly working into it. And then once you slowly work into it, you can maintain that level as long as you're not like deviating like 
taking four days off and then going hard right back at it again. If you, were, if you had to take four days off, I would suggest to do a nice light training in you know, one day and then go right back at it. But I, I shoot all the time. Like I very rarely shoot in pain. Fingers, um, I shoot a three-layer uh, three finger tab so I don't get any finger pinch, no finger pain, form, no, no shoulder pain, no elbow pain. All right. So any, any quick questions before we move on to the next presenter? Like two questions max, because we, we're trying to keep it on a timeline. Or we can wait till the end. So, so you get a good idea of my training. Um, and it might work for you, it might not, but you get the level of dedication I have to try to peak at the right time. And if this, this event was two weeks later, my training would begin two weeks later. Perfect. Thanks, John. Hello everyone, I'm Alex Miller from Canada. Silver 3 I'm going to talk about, <laughs> talk about uh, some mental preparation, and it's uh, not exactly yeah. typical mental preparation, because a lot of it sounds like it's physical, when in reality there is uh, resounding effects to increasing your physical activity. I always wanted to be this close to you. Oh, I love you. Does it work? Does yeah, don't hold that so close to your mouth. Yeah. It was, it was, um, it was, it was brute. <laughs> so, okay. so um, what I do is I like to start preparing for a tournament about three months out. Um, three months, yeah, three months. Not, yeah, I mean, maybe. We're not John here. Um, we all live busy lives, and uh, it's really hard to stay in hardcore tournament preparation mode all the time. It really is, and in fact. That's actually detrimental to your improvement as an archer, to stay in hardcore tournament mode, because if you're specializing, you're not branching, you're not experimenting, you're not exploring, it's, it's detrimental. So um, usually when I pick a tournament that I'm gonna shoot, so we can say Lancaster, I'll pick a three-month timeline. And uh, at a, at around that three-month time, I'll just kinda wanna get back into the joy of shooting, like shooting a lot of arrows. They're focused, but I'm not really nailing down. I definitely don't have a tune, similar how John spoke of, but. Aside from that, I'm really getting into uh, physical shape. Not as in I'm exercising really hard, I'm trying to put my body under lots of stress. So that actually allows your mind to be ready to handle things like tournament nerves and target panic. And I'm not even speaking about that, I'm speaking about putting yourself in a state where you can actually manage that when the time comes down. So I'm lifting very heavy weights, I'm going on very physically challenging things. Um, before I was an archer, uh, I was, believe it or not, a professional table tennis player. Uh, yeah, it's funny, I know. I played professional table tennis in China after university. And um, so if anyone speaks Mandarin in here, I'm going to say something, and I'm going to butcher it, but I took this notes when I was over there. Oh, two, the end shit. And that means a mandatory vomit practice. <laughs> so I used to run a very simple drill repeatedly, and it was very physically exhausting, and I would run that drill until I vomited. And you weren't allowed to stop running that drill until you puked. Is that a new module in the shot IQ? But yeah, don't shoot push? arrows till you puke. Oh, okay. Don't do it. Don't. <laughs> All right, Joe, we'll talk about yeah. that. Okay. Um, don't shoot arrows till you puke. And but it sounds like, oh, you're like improving. It's you're not improving your physicality. You're improving it so that when it comes down time to go down there and stand a line and put yourself in a pressure situation, you have you can keep your crap together in order to focus and do what you need to do. I, again, target panic and nerves aside, you are ready. You're mentally ready to take down a stressful load. So yes, mandatory vomit practice was a thing. Now, as I'm getting closer to uh, my tournament, 
it becomes a lot more specialized. I don't, I'm not putting myself under so much toil. I'm still exercising really hard, but you're trying to stave off injury, which sometimes you're not successful doing, but you're trying not to really hurt your quad over there, John. And um, you're trying not to hurt yourself and you're really focusing down. You have your tune, which can be mentally relaxing. Once you've committed to a tune, you're not messing with stuff the day before. And, um, <laughs> uh, and you're, when you finally get down to it and you're mentally ready to take on a load. And it's very important to have a physical aspect to that. And really the overarching thing is just do challenging things and you'll be ready to face whatever you have to face. It's good. Yeah, you don't vomit when you shoot archery. It's not good. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, yeah. Play some ping pong. We'll, we'll, you can vomit. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, just a word. First thing you started out saying was you try to focus on the joy of shooting. Yep. From a mental perspective, you know, there's a few things we do to execute a shot from putting all body parts together to finding an aim to breaking free of the shot. You can separate it into different pieces. Is there one thing that if you're looking to find joy in that try to focus on or is it holistically or is there one thing like you might it has to feel right? it has to feel good physically okay yeah he like I, probably not going to hit where i want to hit at this period of time if i haven't shot before probably not but if it feels good physically i can repeat that and then if that group is in the one ring i can move that over really easily but if it feels really good i can repeat that what if it's, on somebody else's target? <laughs> it's great is it grouped is it grouped on someone else's target <laughs> All right, fun. Thank you, Alex. No problem. Thank you. No, you're good. We all know who you are. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clip that. I don't want him touching. Check one, two, yeah, whatever. All right, so I'm going to talk about a little bit of mental expectations or, or your, your, the expectations that we put on ourselves and on others um, and how we deal with that. and, and I know personally that I've had some issues with this just because being on U.S. teams, John's had it, you, being on teams, Alex has had it, being on Canadian, right, Canadian or yeah, Australian, yeah, something, yeah, yeah can't, can, you know, North American teams anyway. Um, and it's, and it's, <laughs> oh yes, your hat. Anyways, but, but it's, it's the pressure that we feel and when we're, when we're doing things like this. So our mental, our, 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 our mental, you know, expectations and our physical expectations that we have for ourselves and the way we feel about it. So personally, you know, it's, it's, you, you have to know that it's what you put into it. So what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. So if you didn't put the time in and didn't put in the effort, you're probably not going to get anything back. And you have to be really real with yourself. Um, I am a mother, I'm a coach, I'm a tutor, I am a <laughs> chauffeur, you know, I, I have a lot of different hats that I wear, so time is spread thin. Some people don't have any kids, dogs, and things like that, and have a very, very supporting spouse. I have a very, very supportive spouse, thank God. Um, but our time is spread thin, because for me, my child is only going to be a child once. And so he comes first, period. And I know a lot of moms in here are going, hell yeah. So it's one of those things that my kid comes first. They're only going to be a child once. We're going to make sure that they do what they need to do. And archery's going to be here until I'm old. I mean, seriously, John's getting up there, and I know we can stay with him, right? But we can shoot well into our 90s. 
So you know, it's what you put into it. Me personally, it's more about quality than quantity. Um, John shoots hundreds and hundreds of arrows. I do not. Um, I'll be honest with you, I probably um, have not shot near as much as I should have to do really well, but I put, it, put my time in and, and try to make all those shots very quality shots. I'm working on something every time I go in there. I'm trying to figure something out to continue to move on, to continue to be greater. And I put a lot of pressure on myself with that. Um, when we shoot for the other teams or for our teams, we put a lot of pressure and, and you know on ourselves that you know is false pressure. So like when you put that U.S. uniform on, or the Canadian uniform on, or for Chencia the Italian uniform, I can't talk for her; she's freaking blowing it away. But you 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 feel the pressure from your country that's not really there, but you feel like you're going to let them down, and you have to be able to manage that. You have to be able to know. Is this real pressure or is it not real pressure? Is it something I can control or something I can't control? And you have to really be honest with yourself and say, if I can't control it, I need to let it go. And the only pressure that you can control is the pressure you put on yourself. So when people come up and go, oh, how'd you shoot today? And I go, I didn't shoot well. And they're like, well, God, I wish I could not shoot well. That's my expectations. I didn't meet my expectations. And my expectations for me is at this level where your expectations for me could be at this level. And so it's all personal based. And so my expectations, I didn't shoot well, but my number may be a great expectation for you. So we're not trying to downplay anybody or do anything like that. It's just you have to look at your own personal expectations and how you deal with that pressure. Any questions, John? Yeah, <laughs> you've been in pressure situations all over the world. I've seen you in from Tennessee to Italy, to France, to yeah. Chile. I mean, you've done everything. Is that like a suit of armor you wear now that you've been in so much pressure? No, it's not. No, I still. So everybody's like, oh my gosh, Vaughn doesn't get nervous. Yes, we get nervous. I don't know if John gets nervous, but we all get nervous. I mean, obviously, you shoot other people's targets. Uh, <laughs> but it happens. We all here, have oopses. We're all allowed to have bad days. We're all allowed to have bad shots. Alex has done it. You know, we're all allowed to do that. But it's one of those things that we do. We feel like there's a lot of pressure on us and there's targets on our back because we've done so well. But we're allowed to have bad days. You're allowed to have a bad day even though you've busted your... Yeah, go Can ahead. I say it? Yeah. Busted your body. Thank you. Busted your balls. And and works is hard. And you know you, you did it. And you you went out there and you you tried your best and you did everything. And guess what? You came in fourth. Well, what happened? <laughs> Only three people don't want to be me. <laughs> you know, it's all on how you look at it at that point. You know, you you did your job and it just wasn't your day. What? Yeah, it's it's safe oh. to say that like nobody. The, the pressures that, that we deal with it are almost, like Vaughn was saying, it's all like self-inflicted. Absolutely. Nobody gives a crap how you shoot more than you, right? So you have to be okay with you. And once you're okay with you, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks you shot. Because our, our expectations, they fluctuate from time to time. From day like, to day. Yeah, and like our shooting goes in ebbs and flows. And if we're like, you know, if we're, we're on one of those like downfalls and we hit like that normal down score, it was actually a pretty good day actually, like in, at a tournament. 
So that's something we got to take into consideration. If like we're averaging like 530s to 550s, but we're on that turn right now that we're shooting 530s, if we go to a tournament like here and we shoot 520, that's actually a win. And that's something that we have to, to look inward. Like you might think, oh, that's on a low end scale. That's below what I'm practicing. In all reality, we weren't practicing tournaments at like in the, in the club with nobody around. Right. So that's an expectation that if we expected to shoot 530 while we're shooting 530 in practice, that's an unrealistic, unrealistic expectation on ourselves. So that's something that we have to manage as a shooter, um, where we're at in the game and what we shoot in a tournament and nobody else really cares. What percent do you guys think you dropped from your practice scores? Oh, do we really need to talk about that? Well, no. <laughs> everybody thinks about that so, here because a lot of well, people came in with an expectation. Right, you come in with an expectation. Um, so I was, I shot in practice the other day, I shot a 84 and an 81, a 284 and a 281 in practice. <laughs> I shot a 51 in my first round and a 65. I shot an 80 or a 51 in my first round, a 251 in my first round, and a 265 or a 266 something in my second round. I did not shoot well today. 10%. For me, 10%. for me, so 10% down. Um, I heard somebody talking earlier, and they were living with themselves and I'm just like really you, you you know they they've been shooting for three months trying to get but this is not their game they've never shot indoors before like ever shot it before and they came in and they thought oh I'll just you know I'll be 10 points down from where I normally am and I'm like yeah, yeah no no and they've never shot indoors before ever so they've never been on a line before like this they've never done any of this and you're expecting to only do 10 we got to be real with our expectations I mean you really have to be I always tell my kids about 20%. 10 to 20%, just expect that because the stress. 20% is 100 points. Yeah, yeah, well, have you met some of my kids? <laughs> be realistic. Yeah. You have to be realistic, though. So realistic. And then the other thing I want to say, too, is, is you have to look at what, what's going on, and you have to figure out what you're going to do with it. Are you going to learn from it, or are you going to pout about it? Because if you don't learn from it, then, then what the hell are you doing here? Sorry. And there's plenty of people here, John, Frank, this guy, you know, John, John. There's plenty of people here that'll give you all the time that you want when you need it and give you the advice and do things. Can I pop on bear boat camp? Yeah, absolutely. We're doing a bear boat or a, a single string boot camp again this year in April, April 14th, 15th, and 16th. That's what it's about. It's about getting you guys out there, going back to the basics this year, shooting and, and going and, and trying to figure out anything we can do to help. Young all the way, I've got, a, I got one that wants to bring their three-year-old because she's shooting already. So three years old all the way up and I've got guys that are, I got one guy that's 91 that's coming. I mean, all ranges from advanced all the way down to beginners of which way do I hold the bow? You know, so it's one of those things that we're here. We're, we're all here for everybody to learn from, but we have to set our expectations properly. Thank you, Fawn. I don't need that, I'm good. I'll take that. Good stuff, Fawn. Um, so, and then the, this last portion is about managing parents, but it's, it's a, yeah, I know. It's a, it's a hot topic. How many of you, before we get into that, how many of you are coaches in here? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you 
are coaches that shoot barebow? Raise your hand. Okay, cool. How many of you listened to the last two podcasts? If you are coaches that raised your hand and you did not listen to the last two podcasts, you need to go do that, all right? They're definitely outside of the norm of what we typically do, but I think they're probably two of the most important podcasts we've probably done in the last four years. Um, and one of the reasons that the managing parents thing comes up, this one kind of hits a little, uh, it hits close for me and I'll tell you why. Because I've made a crap ton of mistakes, both as a parent of, of an athlete, not just an archer, an athlete, and as a coach. A ton of mistakes. The important thing is, coaches, is to learn from those mistakes and not repeat them. One, parents, same for you. Um, Fun was, was mentioning about like their like kids coming to tournaments and they have a, your children, no matter what you say to them, their expectation is I'm going to shoot a personal record every time I touch my bow. A lot of you adults, by a show of hands, have that same feeling every time you go to a tournament. Good, be honest. I don't think, think y'all are being honest, I'm not gonna lie. You have the expectation, you're going into that tournament, I'm gonna shoot a personal record. And you know what, that's not necessarily a negative, but you as adults can manage those feelings and those emotions a little bit differently than say a Joad shooter or an S3DA shooter or a youth shooter. So parents, understand that your, your, your child youth athlete, we'll call them athletes because this applies to all, your responsibility is to just support the coach as well. So what that means is if your coach is teaching them something or if their coach is saying, listen, I need that shooter to be focused on the line, not turning around and looking at you every single time they shoot an arrow and you're there with a look of disgust or negativity or like, you know, oh, you're doing this wrong or you're doing that wrong. You're going down the wrong path. When it comes into managing parents, you are there and you're kind of just the, the number one cheerleader. Thumbs up, keep doing you, do you need water, do you need food? Keeping it as positive as possible because there's one thing that you will never do. You'll never shoot a personal record in a negative brain. At all, that goes for every shooter. You can learn from negative, but you're never going to make that shot as good as it possibly can be without positive thoughts in your brain. Parents, that's your responsibility. Making sure whatever you have, and coaches for that matter, whatever you have the ability to do to keep your shooter in a positive mindset. Nothing good comes from the negative side. You're winning, your podiums, your good arrows, your successful hunts, everything comes from the positive. That's one of the hardest things for me as a coach and as a shooter to learn, is for me to stand on the line, not have a great arrow, but force myself to stay in a positive mindset. And this isn't just at, this isn't just at archery practice or archery tournaments. You're gonna start seeing yourself, when you start really evaluating it, how are you handling it outside of, what, what's happening after the tournament? Well, you didn't do this today. Well, you didn't do that today. Doesn't work. Don't even talk about the tournament. Don't talk about the tournament until they're ready to talk about the tournament, if it didn't go well. If it went great, pump them full of sunshine because you should be proud. But 
as this journey of archery has come and, and, and I walk up and down shooting lines and I watch interactions between shooters and parents and like if that shooter is if that shooter is looking for validation from you back there, their brain isn't where it needs to be up here. And that's what it comes down to. You have a responsibility. Your responsibility is to keep them in a positive brain as much as possible and get food and get water. Make sure they use the bathroom beforehand. Make sure that they have water with them and are drinking it throughout the entire tournament, especially outdoors and all that stuff. There's a lot for you to do. And if that keeps, don't worry about the competition because if they see that you're worried and amped up, they're going to get worried and amped up. So that's it on that part. So this is the Q&A part. Well, before we move on from, uh, it doesn't matter. This is the Q&A part. So if you have any questions in regards to any topics that our wonderful panel has um, talked about, please raise your hand and I will make my way around the room with the mic so you can ask a question. Rob, stand up. You're, you you got to stand up. Hi, I'm Rob. Yep. So my question is, so even with like mental preparation, this is very more on the panel I want to answer. Um, I personally noticed that my first few arrows, the adrenaline's going. It's like my, my bow arm, I have, I have extra pull. Everything's kind of moving a little bit different. So I guess the question would be, does your shot adapt as a tournament goes on? How do you deal what? with those variations or adaptations just about where that. you are? Or maybe I just had that well, answer is just funny. And your, your bow arm just doesn't feel right. How do you deal with those adaptations? Mm -hmm. no? So he'll take it. Take both of them, please, if you don't mind. Your warm-up ends are super important. They really are. They really, really are. You can like, if you have confidence in your shot and you shoot three in a group and they're in the one ring, that's great. That's really, really good. Make an adjustment. If you're shooting left all day long and you're just like, I'm gonna do something physically, it's gonna move to the X, and it doesn't move to the X, change your bow. Like honestly, have the confidence to do that. Everyone sleeps, everyone sleeps when they aren't funny. You wake up, you shoot, why am I shooting right today? If you're actually grouping and making what you believe internally to be strong shots, then make an adjustment. Don't be afraid of it. Yeah, don't be afraid of it. It's like... Because it'll start moving back, and you'll be like, oh, what the hell? And you'll be like, oh, I, I can go back to where I was. It, it's not really a secret in indoor, but um, everyone goes through this. If you go through this thought process, which I'm going to describe to you on an indoor line, it usually goes south. Let's say you shoot, and you shoot a six, okay, a left side six, and you're like, oh. You didn't self-internalize. You just look at the score and go, oh, boy, I... I uh, I plucked. That's what I did. I plucked. I'm not going to pluck this time. And you shoot it, and now it's a left side seven. And you're like, okay, a little bit better. A little <laughs> bit better. And everyone has done this. Everyone says, okay, that's a little better. Now I'm going to fix. This is going to be the one that I fix. And you change something physically, or you try something extra hard, and you do something that's not your shot, and you hit the X, and you go, ah, there it is. And now you're going to try to repeat that. You have no idea what you just did. You have no idea. You're like, yeah, that's the one. I'm going to do it. And you come back, and you shoot another left side six. Yeah, yeah, you have no idea. So you have to trust in, like, internalize. Like, was that a strong shot? Is it to the right? And if you shoot another one, it's to the right, it's grouping, making adjustments. Do not be afraid of that. You have, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. See, now for me, is, Can you pass you that over? There. Pass oh, the yes. clip over. Jesus Christ, <laughs> saints. What? I'm not grabbing that after. <laughs> <laughs> Make it yes, bigger. Anyways. Like he's saying, though, you have to trust your shot. And it, 
today I was not shooting at my best. But I kept telling myself, nope, that was a perfect shot. It just, just didn't, it, it wanted to fly in the seven. Whatever, guess what? When I went and plucked it out of the target, I stuck it in the back and started a new one. Put them in, you know, but then I'd go 10, seven, 10. What the hell was I doing wrong? Because I wasn't grouping there, so that arrow goes to timeout, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, and then I'd get 10, 10, eight but I'm shooting high, and I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm doing shooting high, and then I talked with my husband, of course, and I'm like, I'm shooting high, and he's like, well, it's probably that, I, I'd switched my anchor, you know, so I'm having trouble finding my anchor right now. So it's probably that, or I'm really, really trying to keep my elbow down, and so sometimes I'm pulling just a little bit harder, and it's just going that much higher. There's nothing you can really do, but if I'm grouping the same, that's when you make your adjustment. But when you're going from one side to the other, which typically, if you watch, I've watched a lot of people shoot, they'll shoot a high one, and then they'll shoot a low one. And, then, and they're like, I didn't change anything. No, but subconsciously, it's gonna go high again. It's gonna go high again, so then they'll drop their bow arm, or they'll pull one way or another. So you have to make sure that you're doing that consistent thing over and over to where it's, that was a perfect shot. Do it again, and then you can adjust from there. So, uh, to piggyback on, off of the first two, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, like Alex was saying, the practice is very, very important, especially when you go from room to room and the lighting changes and we look at the arrow. A lot of times we're, when we're looking at the arrow and shooting off of the arrow, a lot of times we're not actually shooting at the, like the crest of the arrow, we're actually shooting off of the shine, wherever the, the glare is. Sometimes if the light's on the left side, you know, that glare's gonna be on the left side of the arrow. If it's on the right side, it's on the right side of the arrow. People running the same problem outdoors, shooting from sun up to sun down, they have to constantly adjust their sight because their sight and the sun are moving. So that's something also we have to pay attention to and that's where Practice is extremely important. Make the best shots we can in practice. I hate the term, but we are actually trying to send out a good scout and see where it hits, and then just try to repeat the shot. And if they group, sometimes it's not because of form, it's just the way we see our arrow. Um, there's a lot of times I go, go to, especially uh, local clubs with low ceilings and really bright lights. Like there might be 12 lanes, but there's only three lights. Depending on where you're positioned on those lights, I've had arrows shoot from like morning line I shot left six. I got put on in another lane in the afternoon line and I shot right seven just because of the very hard glare, especially the bigger the arrow we're shooting off of, the more it's gonna wanna move it over just because of the glare. I don't need the clip. Let, let's also, let me pick off, piggyback off of that a little bit too. And if you're, if you're, we are. That's the way we do things, you know. Um, if you're, um, if you have to be honest with yourself too about those good shots, like if you're if you're not keeping a decent group, how many of you you hit right, you adjust your plunger, then all of a sudden you go left, and then you're adjusting it back? How how often does that happen? It happens often, doesn't it? You're probably not making that or sending that good scout. You're adjusting it off of a bad scout. Does that, that's what we do. And then we'll change. We've seen it in compound Olympic recurve. How many Olympic, if you've watched an Olympic recurve shooter, I see them all the time. Arrow, click, 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 click. Arrow, click, 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 click. Arrow, click, 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 click. And then you know what happens? You come back around by the second half. It's right back to where it was when you started because you calmed down. 
And when you first get into a tournament, Alex, you were talking about um, those practice ends and how important they are. Shooting in a tournament, you lose a little bit of feeling in your fingers and you feel like your shot's completely foreign. Has any gone through that before? That's, that's, that's where you're like, well, I just shot three arrows in a group like this in the six ring. Do, is that really your shot? Well, that's your shot today, right? That's your shot today. And if you did it again and you're like, that feels good. Doesn't feel the same, but it feels good. That's where that adjustment comes from. But if you shot one in the six, one and up north in the 12 o'clock, five, and then one down in the seven, you might not want to make adjustments off of that. So, Rob, good? Anybody else? Raise your hand back here. Go ahead. Hi, my name's Leanne Dericola. Anyway, um, I just started shooting a compound, so I've only been doing it about four months. But uh, Mr. Frank said you're supposed to think positive. Is there something that you're thinking about while you're shooting? Because I'm thinking about everything. Disappointing him, not doing the right shot, missing. And, hold on. <laughs> I said, that's the first thing I said today. You never worry about disappointing me, ever, because I'm just oh. happy you're shooting with me and you're with me. I'm taking that one. Okay. I'm taking that one. Oh. No, you're not piggybacking me. This is a dating show? I'm taking that one. <laughs> what in the world? Okay, you ain't piggybacking on me. Okay, so I'm going to take this one, okay, because I feel the same way with my husband. He is so... I feel the same way about Alex Melnick. I feel so fake. You don't want to disappoint me. No. Okay. Oh, my husband is so supportive of me. So supportive. But you feel that way. Get a song. Mine is Sunday. <laughs> but it, it talks about, you know, no stress. Get a song that just pumps you up, that just rocks you out. Like seriously, get a song that gets you going and get that in your head like and just let it roll with you. And then that takes it away. It really, really does. It really helps. And then you know what? He's going to love you no matter what. How long have you guys been together? Uh, almost 30 years. Oh, God. If he's, yeah, if he's, I mean, seriously, if you guys have lasted that long, you guys are good. Archery is not going to come between you. If anything, it will make your bond stronger. It, it definitely did with me. Me and Ken. So, but. What is the song that you sing? I'll play it for you later. I'll, I'll get with me afterwards. I'll play it for you because it's it. And then there's another one that by Big Sean and, and yeah, we'll get with that one. And that's another one that, that if I'm having a bad day, that's the one I play. Me and you'll, we'll get with it. You want to piggyback that? Yeah. All right, piggyback that. But yes, for your support group. You even need the mic. Um, uh, I've not been married for that long, so congratulations. I'm married, man, but just, uh, just negative thoughts in general. Uh, personally, this comes from a little bit of an angle of meditation, which is like a whole different ballgame. He is mad, though. Oh no, I purposely put myself in this state. That's a whole. That's a whole different. That's a whole different thing, and it doesn't work during qualifications. It only works in shoot downs. Um, yeah, not, not the point. Um, sometimes when you have a bunch of negative emotions, and this is going to sound counterintuitive. It's almost impossible to say, I'm not going to let them get to me. They're not getting to me. And you create this force field. It's it's way for me to accept them and then let them go. That's good. As opposed to just kind of like, no, no, they're not there. And you're in denial and you're like, yeah. That's a meditation thing, though. It's it's kind of like watching your – this is so a space cadet and I'm sorry. But it's like watching your negative emotions pass by you. It's way easier for me personally to let them in 
feel them and then push them out as opposed to trying to fight them the whole time. That's for me anyway. That's good. And that's what, where the songs come in. You good? Yeah. No, he doesn't even go ahead. Next question. <laughs> so, he doesn't have emotions. So I think about yeah, right. He well, yeah. Here, talking about that. <laughs> so I also think about how awesome Ken is. Wow. Every and time you I shoot. Tara, Tara, Tara supports you, So I I don't really I don't really meditate or anything like that. I just try to bring in self confidence. Um, I don't really care what anybody else uh, anybody else thinks. Um, I've heard a lot of trash talking behind my back against people I'm shooting, and, and none of that really really matters. It's every time I go up and shoot an arrow, it's like, all right, you know, this is an opportunity for me to make the best shot that I possibly can, and that's that's my goal. Um, and I try not to let any outside influence, and that's basically my. And it's Close. your best Self that meditation. day. Because your best one day is not going to be your best the next day, and it's not going to be the best the next day, and it, it's going to be a roller coaster. Some days you're going to have greats. Some days you're going to have not so greats, and it's okay. Good. Good. Thank you. Anybody else? Questions? One of you look like you're, you, you look like the kid that wants the answer to the question in math class but isn't sure the answer. <laughs> is that what's happening right now? Put your hand up. All right. Name's Mike. Uh, I got a question, not just for you guys, but even for some of the people here. On the higher level, you guys are at the top of your games. Where do you guys get it? How do you get better at usually? Like, usually we, get, we ask for coaches, right? I coach a lot of, a lot of kids on that. I try to apply it to myself, but I want to know like where you guys find your inspiration or ideas to kind of keep up your games. So you're looking for inspirations or are you looking how to maintain and improve your game? Maintain and improve? So, in your thank level, you. uh, it, it depends on the game I'm going to play. Like if uh, right now we're playing indoors, so what I do to try to get better or try to maintain is pick the weakest part of my game at that moment. Like say my moment right now is my release, so I will work on my release until it becomes a strength, and then when it becomes a strength, you know I always try to maintain it but now I work on my next weakness and I turn that weakness into a strength. It's, you're never gonna get 100%. Like, we're just, I don't think we're capable of getting it, but we can maintain that like certain percentage. And if, if we sit there and keep doing the status quo, something's going to turn into a weakness. We just gotta identify that weakness, what's, what's costing us the most and work on that. And like, work on everything else, but we're gonna emphasize this moment in time on this. We're gonna to try to make this a little bit better. So it could be whatever. It could be a release at one moment. It could be a, an aim at another moment in time. It could be bow arm at another moment in time. So my, main, my motivation is maintenance and just keep working on the, the part that's costing me the most and making it the strongest. And usually in the end, um, 
if you, if you run into an, an issue, you can fall back onto all that, that training in, in the past, what made that weakness a strength, and build off of that. Piggyback. I got a two-part answer for you. <laughs> All right. Uh, part one, I found um, teaching people. As you said before, that sparked the answer to that. Coaching actually helped a lot, even if the person you're coaching is way below you, because you see problems that you might have think that you've overcome, and you see them from a totally different angle, because that person will have a totally different perspective. Um, the other one is, um, it's a more broad answer, but cross-training. I know that seems simple. I find my performance best in archery when all other aspects of my life are in line, which is a big one for me. So it, if I have, if I have a, a great, awesome like, relationship with my kids and they're growing really healthy and my physical part is, is really good and maybe um, other thing in my business life and I'm trying hard on all aspects of my life, I find that actually improves me or makes me peak at the highest level. It, just having like, being really good at archery and be a shitty husband that I can't get better in archery. It just it wouldn't go. It wouldn't work for me. So that's that's for me anyway. Explain Denver. You got a corn. So like Demer said, I'll say ditto to that because it is. It's how can I improve myself? How can I continue to learn? I have never had a coach. Never had anybody coach me. Ken has been the closest thing I have to a coach as far as somebody who's looking stuff up on the internet, we're finding stuff, we're picking brains of people. Um, you know, the community, sitting and watching other people and going, hmm, that might work for me, or oh, mine doesn't look like that, you know, or something of that sort. That's a really big thing for me. Um, when I first started shooting archery, I shot with my thumb up and you know, against my head. And everybody said, oh, you'll never, you'll never do anything with that. <laughs> Baloney. As long as it's something that's consistent that you're doing, you can do it. And it's almost like sometimes when people, back to expectations, when people have those, you can't do that, that's a drive for me. You're not gonna get there. You can't do that and, and do this, 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 and this too. Yeah, I can, watch me. Prove them wrong. Because that's the way it's going to go. And that's one of the things that drives me is to prove other people wrong. That's good. I mean, that's not the only thing, but, you know. Hold on to that. Anybody else? One over here? Go ahead. My name's Sam. How do you get coaching if you don't live near any? That's tough. Oh, I'll take that one, too. <laughs> where do you live? Where do you live? Yeah, where do you live? Harrisonburg. Harrisonburg. Virginia. Virginia. Yes. We, we can find you I'm, some people. We there's will find probably you. definitely a network yeah. of people available. Where is, uh, how, how close JMU are you from right here? Yeah, yeah. Bob Ryder. What about, Does are you guys have, close to Richmond? Is that close to Richmond? Yeah. Oh, okay. No. Is that close to Richmond though? I don't yeah. know where it is. Uh, yeah. Is it close to Richmond? Uh, no, no. Two hours. JMU, Harrison, we were shooting national there every year. Yeah. But he's, they I said that Bob's there. not coaching. Bob's good, but Bob's There's people. So anyways, to answer your question, so there's nobody near me either. I don't shoot. There, there's hard, I mean, I have to drive an hour just to get to another archery, or to get to a archery shop. And there's nobody that's going to coach me there because they don't know anything about Barebow. They don't know, I mean, seriously, they know nothing about Barebow except for that it's got one string. 
and you point it the same way as everything else. Okay, so I don't have a coach. The thing is, is you have a group of people here that you can get on the internet with. The internet is an amazing thing, amazing. Depending on what you're doing, you have to make sure that you're, but you have to make sure you're watching who you're getting information from. You know what I mean? Not, don't be nasty. Don't be nasty. <laughs> the internet is an amazing thing when you're looking for archery things. You have, you can take videos of yourself. If you don't want to put it online, which I never put my, shut up. You are so gross. Quit, grow up. Oh my lord, but your face is saying it all. <laughs> Go back to Canada. <laughs> you can take videos of you shooting and you can send them to people if you don't want to put them live on like Facebook and stuff like that. I would, and then find somebody that you trust. Shut up. <laughs> and then you can send them and then they can coach you from afar like that. And then you take, I have kids that will send me things and say, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm doing. Is there anything I can do to improve? I'll email them right back or I'll text with them or we'll do a live chat or we'll do whatever and we'll work on things that way. And then over the summer, whatever, mom and dad have time or whatever and you can make a trip out to see some of these people that's great, then you do get like a one-on-one -on -one with them. But you don't have to be one-on-one -on -one coached like that. You can definitely use the internet. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing that you guys have access to that we didn't, well, I didn't have when I was a kid because I'm old, but. I want to add to that. What? I want to oh, add to that. Oh, he's going to add to that. But seriously, there's all kinds of stuff online. Yeah, there, there definitely is. In-person is without a doubt the best. Absolutely. There's no question. Um, and that should be your first, your first approach is, Go to USA Archery and look look up coaches. Now, yeah, and and then see what you find. There is absolutely positively a growing list of people who are coaching barebow, and it is worth pursuing those people in some fashion they can help. Um, but I understand your your pain because it's a common thing amongst, especially the barebow community, because we are so nichey. And USA Archery doesn't understand barebow, but but there's people here who are are coaching, and it, and I encourage all of you if you are anywhere in that area, you know we have people here looking for help, so use your resources, people you may know, Joe had programs in the area, someone that you that you trust to refer them to, and then we go from there. So, but, what's that? He come down to me for a weekend. He's four hours from me. Yeah, so you're you're four hours from First Flight Archery, and this guy and his wife are, are both USA Archery level fours. Michael and Karen Holson. One hundred percent. Mike and Karen Holson are where? Like about an hour away from them. Oh yeah, hour away. So there's an option too. Michael and Karen Holson are. They, they were here. I'll get you their number. It, it probably would be worth looking into the college teams. I'm surprised they don't. Because some of those team members they teach, they coach. Yeah, we emailed. You know, we know Bob. Yeah, yeah. He basically said no. Uh, yeah. yeah, Bob's not coaching anymore. But some of his team, yeah. some of his team members, the, the kids on the team, they they. Well, that, and that might be an option too. Just talk to some of the college kids and say, hey, so a lot of them are certified. Right. Yeah. Or are you willing to get certified and work with my shooter? Yeah. Okay. Anybody else? We'll probably go like one or two more. That's it. So I'm gonna go because I saw you first. And then I saw you second. I saw James too, but maybe we'll, we'll flip in a third one too. Here you go. Mine will probably be pretty quick because I think it's going to be more directed towards you. You said that you lift heavy um, and you 
Like for instance, I have a six day workout split that I do. Yep. Do you have a split for certain days where you shoot less or do you find that you're, like do you have a specific split that you do every every week? Because I have a rotating like Monday, Monday, Thursday, Tuesday, Friday, Wednesday, Saturday, and then rest. C certain workouts butcher your archery. Okay. You, you, I'm sure you've experienced that. Archery you, is a great active rest day. Yeah. Yes, or and I also have a day where I shoot while I lift, but I do not even attempt to score. score I don't yeah. do anything. I just shoot the arrows downrange because there's nothing good that's going to come happen. <laughs> so, uh, no, I shoot at a distance, but I don't. If I, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot like crap. It's just not a question. So um, there's a difference between like, what, what's your goal this is this is a this is a can of worms. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah is, I, you have thirty seconds. Okay. <laughs> um, there, for my my, I have certain workouts that challenge me mentally, and I have certain workouts that challenge me physically. And I can't do the mentally challenging ones all the time because it's way too draining. And they do the, the cross training effect. But I would say uh, active rest days. If you're going to attempt to shoot your personal best or tune something, do not do it on a day you're or even 100%. the day before or around the time you're going to work out. It will not go well for you. But uh, we can talk about it after, but that's a can of worms. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that, that kind of goes into people who work like really rough jobs. Like if you're working construction, if you're like John has days at this quarry where like he just, he kicks the crap out of himself. He's there for 14 hours a day. Believe it or not, he does actually work time and again. But no, I mean, you're not going to use, you're not going to, you're not going to shoot your best score on that day necessarily. So maybe that's the day you just go in and focus on form and you're just throwing arrows down range, but you're just focusing on form, form, form. You know, so anyways, um, you, sir, here you go. Here. Yep. Um, what are some of the ways to fix not being able to aim right on the target? Ooh, talk about cans of worms. <laughs> Does anybody want to tackle that? Are, are you talking like you aren't pulling enough weight to get to the target? I'll take it in a very brief. Hold on a second. Let, let me, let, let's, 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 let's get to the, the actual, say, say that again, what you just said. So you're getting locked up. Basically. You can't get around lower when shooting. So where, where are you getting locked up at? Just a little bit above the yellow. I just can't get it to go lower. And you do this to make a shoot? You like jerk it down and let her go? Yeah, okay. Have you, do you, do you? Come up from the bottom or go down from the top? So I try. Go ahead, go ahead. I try and start in the middle, but whenever I start shooting, my arm just naturally goes up. So you have you tried coming up from the bottom for your aim? Do you get the full anchor? Yeah. Okay. okay so I'm gonna, before I hand it off to you, I'm going to say a couple of things. Um, one, you're probably looking, there's a couple of things, there's so many things. One, you could, you could be looking at the tip of the arrow way too hard and you're not looking at the target, okay, one. Two, you shoot way too much in the subconscious and you're just like, boom, it'll gone. Boom, it'll gone. That's what it would be, but you're trying not to. So then you stop, okay, I'm gonna put it in the middle now, and then you drop in, boom, gone, middle gone. Um, it could be a form issue and, and the form issue part is a lot of times what leads to it because you're in a really crappy full drop position. You can't hold really well. Your body can't really allow you to do what it's supposed to. So there's just so many things. If you were here last year for the seminar, you weren't, were you? Go on our YouTube page and look up last year's seminar because we talked about a lot of that stuff with like a dry erase board and kind of went 
around like, hey, what's going on? So it could be this, it could be this, it could be this, and watch it. Audio's not great, but you can get it. So just FYI, I don't know where you're from. I don't know. Kentucky. Do you have a coach? Okay, coach is sitting next to you. Coach you Barbo? No, I Okay, so you're learning. So you're le you're here learning too. Kentucky. Where, 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 you can't put the arrow tip on the middle because when you put the arrow tip in the middle, you shoot. And when you shoot, it, that's a dramatic thing that happens in your body. You just put yourself under a bunch of load and it's gone. It's like, that's just dramatic. Your body hates that. So when you're getting close to the middle, your brain goes, hey, we know what happens when it gets there. It's gone. So you have to train your body or in your brain so that when you put it in the middle, that does not mean shoot. Even if it was sitting there rock solid, it does not mean shoot. You shoot when your body's correct. As we talked about back over here, when you can make your body feel correct and you'll group the arrow, if your body feels right, it's gonna go there. Not if your eyeball, relation to your eyeball and the tip of the arrow. I can pull a bow like this and aim perfectly. It's not gonna go in the middle. So that's why you gotta teach your brain that the arrow tip being in the middle does not mean shoot your bow. Shooting drills can definitely come into play there. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Shooting drills come into play, and there's plenty of them on the Barrel Project YouTube page. But you can find them other places, like on the pushback with some other people that do coaching and that the JD3 stuff, not drills, but other information. Shameless plug for the push archery. Um, draw holds, absolutely. Uh, John Colt has does long holds time from time to time, right? Long holds. Here you go. Shoot at the end of your draw hold. So Sometimes. I, I don't usually ever get locked up because it's built into my shot sequence. Part of my shot sequence is to aim and I can't move on from the aim to the shot without doing the aim. Like I can't go into drive-by shooting. It's not built in, into my shot. So I have the aim an absolute mandatory part of my shot before I flip over to uh, towards the release. Um, and if I find myself getting a little glitchy, because we all do, we all, we all get that little hiccup from time to time, I will like kind of like penalize myself right away. I will go right into a long hold. So I build it back into my subconscious and, and into my conscious that I'm in control. Like this is up to me when, when I want to move on to the next step. So if I get a little glitchy up of my, my very next shot, boom, it's gonna be a long hold. I might not shoot it, I might shoot it, we'll see what happens, right? But it's not predetermined that I'm going to or not, but it is predetermined that I'm going to get this thing under control again, right here, right now. So I don't get glitchy, I always, you know, that, that aim is, is an absolute mandatory necessity. It has to happen before I move on to the shot. So if you can find yourself to build that into your shot sequence, you will no longer get like locked off. There, there will be times that we're not gonna be as steady from shot to shot. You know, that's just, you know, part of, we got into a slightly better alignment than the last shot. Um, we're not gonna hit everything perfect all the time. But 
Yeah, that's how I take care of it. Work on your weakness. Keep it. Work on your weakness. We'll do one more. One more. There was somebody. You, you had your hand up before, man. I didn't forget about you. You have the most beautiful hair in here. So, I mean, I got to give you credit. It's gone. The question is gone or the hair? <laughs> uh, this one's actually for Fawn. Uh, as somebody who's like also. Next question. <laughs> He's going to have some more ribs. As somebody who's constitutionally like, stubborn as hell, uh, no. I generally will say, when, when my betters give me advice, and I just don't listen to them because I'm like, this is my sequence and I'm going to work at it. And sometimes that's paid off for me. So, but sometimes I don't know that it's paying off for me. So like when you're saying like, somebody's telling you you're doing it wrong and you're like, well, I'm going to show you that it can be done right and I'm going to keep doing it. At what point do you find yourself at like a diminishing returns where it's like, I'm just being stubborn and I'm shooting myself in the foot because like when, when do I know to give up on this thing that feels like it might be right for me, but maybe it isn't. Like, when do you know? When do you know? So, bring me the mic. I'm bringing you the mic. You just dropped your thingy. So, you're <laughs> all right, I'll get it. When she knows she's being too stubborn. So, I am. I'm a stubborn old mule, and I hate change. Okay, I absolutely hate change. I'm a marine. Hate change, but. When they told me that I could not do it with my thumb up, I went out and it didn't matter. It felt comfortable. I could read, I could, I could do it consistently. And I can, I've seen so much bad form that kicks ass. Yeah. It's consistency. Archery is about consistency. Can you consistently do this over and over and over and over and over again? It's insanity. We're, we're all insane. Sorry. We're all doing the same thing over and over again and trying to get better at something. Okay? But when I change equipment and when I change different things about my shooting and I go, okay, I've reached this level and my level's not moving. So I've plateaued. And now I'm going to have to change something about myself or the way my form is or the way something is it, you know, that I'm doing. I have to change, and that's when I know I have to change. I've got belt buckles with my thumb up. i got belt buckles with my thumb down. i got belt buckles, recurve, longbow, you know, all of it. But you are constantly changing. And you, I am, a, I'm as stubborn and as pig-headed as any of them. <laughs> but... I want to succeed. I want to be better. I want to continue to grow. So I'm going to continue to learn. Yeah, it takes a lot for me to change things about myself or to change things about my form or change things because like like this weekend I changed my I changed my my anchor. And and I think and I'm changing something with my back and my elbow for my for my release hand. I've changed that. I can see that dip in my score. So it hurts right now. But holding that back and changing that is going to make me grow. And I can see that in, in my future is it's going to help me. It's gonna make me better. But when I was way, when I first started and my thumb was up and I was doing my job and everything was going great, why change it or what, it wasn't broken. So as I plateau though, and I, and I get to that point, that's when you know you need to change it. Or that's when I know I wanna change it. If that makes, does it, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Good. All right. 
We good? It's quarter. Perfect. Well, everyone. Oh, John, you did bring the trophy. No. Oh, yeah. So we'll let. We'll. We'll. This is it. This is the last one. All right. I want to follow up on. I think it's James. James's question. Uh, to. So, Fawn, you you make a change. You see the dip, and statistics and analysis. I have an engineering background, and I like to keep track of things either like on an, on a phone app or on score and, and setup, and then. Sometimes I see scores dipping. I'll go back to an old setup, and boom, you're right back up, and and it's pretty. So you didn't give it a chance, right? And sometimes, so I want to ask you guys, like statistics and analysis. How deep do you go into that? Like even nutrition, workouts, um, sleep. If like you have a Fitbit, how much sleep you're getting? Like obviously that stuff affects scores. Like, <laughs> do we go down that analytics type pathway with the intelligence we have around us, uh, with, you know. I like they do in football and baseball and everything else. Do we do that in archery? And and if you guys and I think you guys are all willing to take extreme uh, changes in your setup without fear because you could always fall back on a different setup that you may have notes on. And I don't know if you can, <laughs> you're funny. Oh, <laughs> notes. Ah, okay. that's, a, that's a deep a deep part of the question. Okay, so I was in the Marine Corps and I got hurt, so I don't sleep very well, so sleep is a, is a joke. Um, so, and then nobody sleeps the same when they come to a tournament because you're in a different place, you know, different surroundings, different food, different everything like that. So sometimes that's hard, but you have to know what you can control. So I'm not going to go and, you know, eat, you know, a, a whole pizza and, you know, drink a bottle of pop, but I've never, you know, I haven't drank pop and... God knows how long, and I am not going to eat pizza because it'll mess with everything else. Yeah, I'm not going to do that to my body. I'm going to control as much as possible to stay the same way as I am when I'm practicing. I don't want to mess with that. Sleep-wise, it's uncontrollable. You're either going to wake up at 4 a.m. and feel like crap, or you're going to wake up at when the alarm goes off and you're going to feel fine. But um, as far as you have to give it time when you change things. And this is a big thing, or Ken knows I, I struggle with this too, is you know, I'll give it you know, one practice, two practice, three shots. <laughs> well, there is. So, so I've, tried, I've tried different risers, and within three shots, I'm like, I don't like it. It hurts my elbow, or it hurts my wrist, or I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. And it's not, big, and, 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 it's, and then he'll say, what don't you like about it? Well, it's, it doesn't feel comfortable. Blue. You have to give it, yeah, it's blue. <laughs> you know? But you have to give it that time. So like even changing your anchor, you have to give it that time. And you have to give it, you have to give it a good two weeks you know, of true time. I tried a CD riser. I'll just, you know, Calvin came when it first came out, gave me a CD riser to try. I tried it hardcore for two weeks. After 15 shots, I'm shooting low into the left, low into the left, low into the left. After 15 shots, I couldn't do it. I handed him the bow back. I'm like, sorry, I, it vibrated, hurt my elbow and my wrist, couldn't do it, and it was too heavy for me at that time. And do you keep statistics on any of this and notes and then yeah. try to fall back onto a setup if you get really into a jam? I do not because I'm horrible at that, but John might. John probably keeps, yeah, he's probably got notebooks. So, um, I don't keep notes, but I have shot specific setups uh, for a long enough time that I know if I'm struggling, I have no problems going back to that same exact setup to see if I'm still struggling, to see if it's a me problem 
or a setup problem. So yeah, I, I don't keep notes, but I do know the, set, the specific setups. I know 43 pounds on the fingers, Epic, uh, 29 and a quarter inch, Nano 700s, 110 grain points, um, 5 eighths inch knock, boom, that's my 50 meter setup. I know indoors, uh, 38, 38 pounds, you know, uh, 29 and a half inch, uh, Maxima RZ, 650 spine, 120 grain points. That's my setup. So whenever I have a problem, and I think it's, uh, I don't know if it's a setup or a me problem, I can revert back to that in an instant and get, you know, immediate feedback on what I need to fix. And if it's a me problem, then I'll go back and I'll work on me. If it's a setup problem, I will dump that and go a different route. I'll go a different arrow or whatever, poundage, whatever, to fix that setup. John, also in regards to, like he talked about his tune changes as he gets better and then the tune goes off. A lot of shooters, they start to get a little bit better and it's not the tune, like the shooting gets really, really good, then all of a sudden it just drops off. And like, well, why am I all of a sudden hitting, you know, here or going there? And that tune changed, but they don't think, well, maybe I just need to go back and change the tune. And it's automatically, oh, it's me. I'm the problem. Like he, and he has that ability to go back to a setup. Was the Epic last year, the green one, that sort of situation? Mm -hmm. The, you know, he shot the epic in that setup that he always he just knows it bangs bang 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 he can pick up almost any bow and probably do that but there's a comfort level and a confidence level that goes with a good setup so you get it i think that tuning knowledge sometimes plays into our confidence as a shooter so i'm like i want to make changes i feel like my shots are going good and they probably are but you don't maybe have the confidence in making that adjustment, which Vaughn talked about earlier. If you kind of make the change, make the change. And if you don't know, ask. There's certainly enough people around, you know, up and down the line, whether it's Alex or if Wart's floating around, these two, myself, Winker, I mean, there's plenty of people that you can say, this is what's happening, this is what's going on. Maybe I just need to make a change. And that, you could do, do it on your own. I mean, Facebook Messenger is a pretty wonderful thing sometimes. Depends on the time of the night. But I'm not going to say any names. I, I, right. I just ignore you. So. No. I get the messages from you. All right. That's it. We're shutting her down. We didn't eat any supper yet. Thank you all.